the early at the beginning when we started the service today, we talked about priorities. Today is August 1st. And not only is today the first day that we are going to start a new series, but as being the first, we're also going to talk about putting things first, and that matters, especially what we were just talking about right there. This, this relationship with God, guys, I want to tell you, it's a two-way street, all right? The relationship with God is like any other relationship. It's not one way. It's not, to, you know, it's, it's, it can't be dominated by us. It is a back and a forth. And we just spoke our heart and we just, you know, we, we spoke our heart and, and showed our gratitude towards God. And now I know that God wants to show us something special. And, and I love this about God's word is that you can read the same thing over and over and over again and find something new. Because God's word, God, it is so deep that the more you go, the more you find. And so today we are going to start a series on something very familiar that I guarantee you if you have never been to church before, this is the first time you're watching now live or on a replay online, if you have little interaction with the Bible, I am sure and confident the majority of you have heard of the Ten Commandments. Online, can I get a, yep, that's me, raise your hand online, everybody, Ten Commandments, tell me, yes or no? Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments, all right, so get ready, we're going to do a quiz, let's see how many of the ten you know. I'm just kidding. Look, some of y'all got, look, online you should have seen some of their faces. Their eyes got big, all right? Now, I want you to be, though, let's be real. Let's reflect, all right? Let's be honest, all right? Because sometimes, listen, when it comes to God's people and when it comes to the truth, honesty matters. So uh, right now, without thinking about it, flash up. Most of y'all have, hopefully everybody has ten fingers. Most of y'all do. But really quick, raise up as many as you think. Online, give me a number, though. And tell me how many, if I gave you a mic, you think you can spit correct without looking right now. How many out of the ten? Be honest with me. Three out of the ten? Five out of the ten? Ten out of ten? All right, hold it up. And no shame. No shame. Come on, go ahead. I need fingers. How many do you think? All right, zero is a finger. All right, there it is. That's a number. I got three, four online. I'll read you later. I got seven, two. Okay, good. So hopefully by the end of these five weeks, you'll be able to at least have a whole lot more. Now, um, I don't know if you caught that. We're going to do ten commandments in five weeks. And the reason why is you'll see in a minute. Now, when you look at, uh, if you've ever seen the movies, I know maybe you've seen, you know, the, uh, Who's uh, Prince of Egypt? And remember that cartoon? That cartoon's low-key slept on. All right? That one's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, all right. What about, the, what about the classics? All right? The Charlton Heston Ten Commandments. Anybody ever seen that one? That one's a, uh, there you go. I got a few. Now, when you see the Ten Commandments, if you've ever seen pictures, how many tablets does Moses come down from the mountain with? Okay, I, I helped you out when I used the word, the plural form, tablets. Okay, so more than one. You're right, two. Now, why two? Ten commandments on two tablets. Okay, why? First off, if you know the story, I don't want to go too deep into this. You can read it later. Uh, there was two sets. God writes the first set on two tablets, comes down. The people are kind of acting and wilding out. Moses just throws him, breaks it, kind of now he's, you know, has, uh, there's, a, there's a reason why. Then he has to go back, and now this time Moses has to chisel out, and he's writing out the, the replacement one. I was like, bro, that's what you get. No, I don't know. But so there's two. Now why? And remember, God wrote the original. Why was there two commandments? Was God writing and saying, okay, so commandment number one, 
Commandment number two, commandment number three, commandment number five. Uh Uh-oh, I ran out of space. I need a new tablet. Like, was God writing too big? I don't know if, I know I'm not the only one who's tried to fill out a form and it's your, let's say your email. I got a really long last name and it, my last name, stupid me, I put it in my email. And so I, if you ever done a form and you don't fit what you need to say and you're like writing in the margin, like all up on there, it's like, this is, don't judge me. You know, like this just looks so weird. Well, God did not have a writing problem that he couldn't finish all 10 on one tablet. Because think about it, why not 10 on one? Why two? Because there's a reason for it. He put two tablets because the Ten Commandments are divided into two categories. Now, I've always heard it say it this way. The first four are vertical commandments between you and God. And the last six are horizontal commandments between you and others. I'm going to change that. It's not. It's divided five and five. The first five commandments are vertical. The other five are horizontal. The first five commandments deal with you and your creator. You're going to see commandment number five is on your father and your mother. Aren't they your creators? Your father and your mother are your neighbors. They're your creators. And so commandments one through five on tablet one are vertical commandments to deal with you and your creator. Commandments six through ten are horizontal, dealing with you and your neighbor. That's how they're divided. And so, but here's the thing. Everything on tablet one actually cross-references and connects with everything on tablet two. So commandment number one actually is connected to commandment number six. And commandment number two is connected to commandment number seven. And so on and so forth. There is a connection between the two tablets. Each commandment is actually one side of two coins. And they're connected. And so we can see the full. And by the way, God loves vertical and horizontal lines. If you connect a vertical and a horizontal line, what do you get? You get a cross. You get a cross with a horizontal and a vertical. And so they go together. All right? And that's what we're going to do today. So that's how we can do Ten Commandments in five weeks because we're going to do two every week. And so we're going to do one and the other, and we're going to show the cross-reference, okay? So today we're going to talk about the connection that exists between commandment number one and commandment number, okay, six. I, I, I ran out of fingers. All right, so let's read commandment one. Let's just start there. And then we're going to do commandment six, and then we're going to connect. So this is in the book of Exodus. All right. So we got it on the screen for everybody. If you don't know where Exodus is, all right, uh, we got it on the screen for you. And everybody online, I got you just in case. So here we go. So we're all tracking together. I am reading commandment number one. We are reading Exodus 20, verse 1 through, well, 2 and 3. So then God spoke these words, and then here is the Ten Commandments. Here we go. Number one, commandment number one is this. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods before me. Now, I love that. First off, where is the commandment in that first, I am the Lord your God, right? There's no commandment there. But the I am the Lord your God, guys, please hold on to this. That is probably the most important phrase out of the whole ten. Before God ever dares to say something, do this or don't do this, he tells you, why? He is telling the people. He's telling the nation of Israel. All right, guys, remember, I, me, I am the Lord your God. And what did I do? I brought you out of Egypt, 
out of the place of slavery. So if you're, if you're not sure what that is, literally that's what the story of Moses was. The people of Israel had been enslaved by Egypt for over 400 years. God comes in and takes Moses, uses Moses, Aaron, to liberate his people. He sets them free in a miraculous way. You got to check out the stories. Read the book, okay? Look, the book is always better than the movies, all right? Movies are cool, but the books are always better. Now, and so he does that, and then here he gathers them at the mountain, Mount Sinai. And now he's like, all right, I am going to cut a covenant with my people. All right, guys, here it is. Here is a nation of slaves. They don't know what it's like to run an organization, a country. They don't know. And so God begins to give them laws to show them, guys, here's how to live in freedom. Here's how to handle freedom. And he gives them a law. It's actually over 600 and some odd laws. But God gives 10 commandments because the 10 commandments are 10 summaries. All right. Every law out of the 600 plus actually connects to multiple one of these. So it's hard to memorize 600 and something. It's easy to memorize 10. Now, I said easy, and now you feel like, I can only remember two. I know, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm judging you already. But uh, it's easy to remember 10 things versus 600 something. And so God says, here's my top 10 list. Here's the summary. If you get the idea of these 10, then you'll know how to do all the other 600 plus without having to realize it. And so he says, remember, I am the Lord your God. And what did he do? I brought you out of Egypt, out of a place of slavery. He says, guys, I loved you this much that I did this for you. I love you this much and this is what I did. So he's declaring his love to his people. He says, like, I loved you so much I set you free. So if you want to know what it looks like to love me back, let me give you 10 tips. You see what that is? That, that's really it. Let me give you 10 tips on how we can have a relationship, all right? And he starts off by saying what? Do not have other gods before me. Now, I know I'm not the only one who ever saw that the majority of these Ten Commandments start out with a negative, right? Don't do. How many times has anybody ever told you, don't do something, and you're like, see, now I have to. Now I have to do it. I was fine until you said don't do it, but now that you said don't, Watch me now, okay? I know I'm not the only one who does that, right? Little kids do that all the time, right? Don't do it. Now you got to do it. Why does God use negative commandments? This is actually genius, by the way. Because if God only told you 10 positive things, do this, do this, do this, do this, 10, 10, 10 things, then you're like, oh, well, well, can I do this? Because these 10 things only tell me to do 10 things. Can I do this? And you have to constantly be checking in on God. But God gives primarily 10 negative commandments when he pretty much says, look, as long as you're not doing this, 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 you're good. You see that? It's actually a charter of negative liberties. It's actually better. You are more free in that way. Here, as long as you're not doing these 10 things, you're fine. Okay? So do not have other gods before me. You know what he's saying there? God is pretty much saying, listen, I don't want to share you with the demons I delivered you from. Pay attention to that. I love you. Look what I did for you. I don't want to have to share you with those demons I delivered you from. In essence, what God is wanting is I just want to be first in your life. Commandment number one is I just want to be first. Do not have other gods. Now there's phrases. Do not have any other gods before me. There's actually a translation that says do not have any other gods besides me or in my presence. Like God does not want to be your side chick. 
okay? And he doesn't want you to have a side piece. He doesn't want you to have somebody else on the side. He wants you. The same way we would be with somebody we love, right? Priority. He's like, yo, it's you and me here. It's us. It's us. That's all he's saying. And here's the other part. Because God loves us. The application to commandment number one is prioritizing our relationship with God and not double dipping into those abusive relationships that we had with darkness. That abusive relationship that we had with sin and that form of thinking. That's it. I mean, guys, let me put it this way. Have you ever, I'm, I'm sure most of you can agree with me and you know what this is like. Have you ever had a friend or maybe you've dated somebody or you're married to that person. That they were in an abusive relationship. And they, you help them get out. And not only you help them get out of that abusive relationship, you help them restore. You help them get back on their two feet. Anybody really quick? Oh, yes or no? Maybe you've been that person, right? That you got out of an abusive relationship because somebody helped you. They encouraged you. They listened. They motivated you. They challenged you. Yes or no? And we in the house, right? You know somebody or that was you? So how would you feel if you're the person who did the helping? You're the person who did the rescuing. And then here this person goes and keeps going back to the same abusive person, back into the same thing. And here, what the heck? What? Why? Why? Like, do you get that? Like, especially put it in a romantic relationship. If you had gone out and this person, they came out of an abusive one and you helped to restore them and they're doing better and you find out that they're still texting on the side or they're, they're, they're meeting up every once in a while. It's just coffee. It's just coffee. How would you feel? It's like, no, like, don't go. Why? Because you know that's messed up. You know that's no good. You know that is a position. That is a place. That is a relationship that's going to hurt you. And out of love, that person ought to tell you, bro, cut them out. Why? Because they love you. That is what commandment number one is, guys. Commandment number one is saying, God does not want to have to share you with the demons he delivered you from. That means that we got to break up, all right? That means that there's some, there's some breaking up that has to happen. Breaking up with some addictions and some things and some this and some that. There's some breaking up. Because without this, guys, everything else does, it does not work. And if you've ever wondered, oh, man, my me and my faith and me and my why, I don't see. It's because God's not the only one. You have God plus this and a little of that and a sprinkle of this. And, and it doesn't work like that. Like no relationship would truly work if it wasn't exclusive. Can I, let me just put it that way. You guys know, listen, intimacy. Intimacy is found in exclusivity. All right? The more exclusive a relationship is, the more intimate because you are sharing things that no one else gets to do and see and experience. That's what that is, intimacy with God. And I love, I think it's uh, Pastor Robert Morris, I heard he uses this, you know, he uses this phrase, intimacy, like into me see, like see me. Into me see. That's what intimacy does. And if you are struggling with really seeing God, because he's not the only one that you 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 playing with others. And that's why. And so here, that's what commandment number one is, guys. God does not want to share you with the demons he delivered you from. Now, that's commandment one. Now, let's look at commandment number six. Ready? Because I told you there's a connection between tablet one and tablet two. We're just going to focus on those. Let's look at six. We're going to skip all the way down to number, verse 13. 
20, verse 13. Here we go. We're going to read it in three, two, one. Commandment number six, do not murder. There it is. Easy enough, right? Do not murder. Now, before we do the connection, let's just focus on this. What is God trying to say? Now, what he's not saying is the word kill. The diff there's a difference between kill and murder. All right. In fact, in the scriptures, even in the Mosaic law in this moment, God would give further laws and say, listen, here's a law and here's how, what happens if you actually kill somebody on accident, like legit accident. You're not being careless. You're not like you do something and someone dies. You know, like you're out chopping wood and you're doing something. And before you realize it, you throw that axe backwards and the axe head takes off and just boom into somebody else dead. All right, what do you do? That was a complete freak accident. Well, in the scriptures, they would say, listen, that person, okay, they're not liable if you can prove that there was an accident, yada, 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 yada. So there's moments like this. But murder, though, murder is unique. Murder is the unlawful taking of an innocent life. Okay? That's what murder is. To murder someone is to unlawfully take the life of an innocent person or unjustly take the life of a guilty person oh you took you know let's say you stole money from me i kill you oh no that no 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 yeah that person's guilty that person did something to you but you can't level up like that bro you can't do that so there's that's unjust that's injustice there and then the other one right just the casual of just an innocent life in essence guys you know what commandment number six gives us it gives everybody the right to life you hear me on that the right to life. Everyone has a right to live. You might disagree with that person. You might not like what that person, but as long as that person is not picking your pocket or breaking your bones or hurting someone, hey, they have a right to exist. And I'll even add, and that includes all the way down to the unborn. Just because they're not born doesn't mean they're not alive. They're alive. Everyone, even the unborn, has a right to life. That matters. So that's what this is. Do not murder. Now, hold on, though, because some of y'all, some of y'all know, some of the overachievers, some of y'all know, there's a verse that Jesus talks about something like this later, but he says something weird. I'm going to show you. Check it out. So somebody panicked the last time they read this and was like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to me? All right, look, I'll show you. Here we go. All right, I'm going to give you the same anxiety right now. Let's read. Chapter 5, Matthew. Can we skip it? We're going to put it. Matthew 5, verses 21 and we're going to skip a couple. Check this out. Jesus talks about this commandment, do not murder. And uh, my guy raises the bar on this one. Look at what he says. You have heard it said, where? In the prophets. They've read the Old Testament. You have heard it said to your ancestors, do not murder. Who said it? God said it. That's commandment number six. Do not murder. And whoever murders will be subject to judgment. By the way, that was a capital punishment. Uh, you take someone's life, uh, you got to forfeit yours. So that was a, a form of a, a negative, like, check. Like, if you're going to kill somebody, you got to want it. And you better feel like it's worth it because you're going to die if you kill somebody. It was, it was like that. Okay? But hold on. Jesus is not done. You've heard it said, do not murder. I'm going to skip down to a number. But I tell you, I tell you, everyone who is, what's that word he said? Angry. Type angry online. Listen. Everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to, say it, judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says, you fool, will be subject to, 
See what I mean? Uh, someone said, uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. So hold on. Well, I thought we were just talking about killing people, like murder, murder, murder like that. Like plotting and scheming and uh, this person, right? Why does hate have to do with it? Why? Guys, listen, God not only cares about the act of murder, God actually cares about the root cause of murder. It's hate in your heart. People who commit real murders do it out of a place of hate. They hate this. They hate that. They, they, and it is from a negative place. God is addressing, Jesus is addressing the root of the issue of murder. And the root of murder is hate. But some of y'all can read that. I'm like, whoa, 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 if I insult somebody, that's the same. Like, I'm, I'm subject to, I'm going to hell. Like, uh, pause. If you are a believer and you've, if you've given your life to Jesus, you've asked for your forgiveness of your sins. Guys, that covers all of it. Okay? It covers all of it. But what does this mean? Well, guys, listen, you all know this. We all know this. When you hate somebody, we don't just do it physically. But have you ever hurt somebody or somebody's ever hurt you verbally? Right? Have you ever been so angry with somebody that you went deep? Right? You cut deep. You were so angry. You just, you went there. Like, you know, you, you kind of have that one just right there just in case. And when they cross that line, boom, right? It's over. But, you know, that's it. And you cut deep. Guys, hate in your heart. When you have hate towards someone, you are murdering that relationship. You hear me? When you have hatred towards someone, like when they, when you see them, you're just like, mm, there is no love in your heart. And it is just hate. Hate for people on the other political party. Hate for people that don't look like you. Hate for people that don't think like you. You got hate. You are murdering. Okay, it's all you're doing. It's just shanking that relationship that is what you're doing you are murdering a relationship there in your heart that's what it does so when jesus says when we see the commandment do not murder that was one thing that was like all right yeah let's just start with let's not physically kill each other but jesus is like yo but it's deeper than that it's in the heart it starts all of it always starts in the heart hatred in the heart it hurts god's heart because he doesn't like us seeing and yelling and acting and treating each other this way. It hurts his heart. He doesn't do it, by the way. Anything that we see, do not do, God doesn't do it. So the commandment number one, don't have any other gods before me. That's how God treats us. And we're all equally, though. He's the only one that can do that. He doesn't, have, he doesn't prioritize other things other than us. And when he says, God, do not murder, means do not have hatred in your heart. God does not hate us in an unjust way like that. He hates sin. And we talked about this last year. He can hate the sinner. Yes, he does. But we'll do that later. But he loves, though. God is so perfect that he can hate you and still love the enemies. That's what's amazing there. But he, with us, he says, do not commit murder. So where did the connection go? Can y'all, I don't know, anybody figuring out yet? We got a little puzzle here. Where does do not have any other gods before me, and do not murder. How does that connect? Ready? Here it is. Here's a relationship. By the way, these five principles that we're going to talk about are relationship principles. Remember, vertical relationship between you and your creator and, and horizontal relationships between you and your neighbor. What's the connection between commandment number one and commandment number six? It's this. Your relationships suffer when Jesus is not at the center. That's it. 
your relationships will suffer when God is not at the center. Remember, what is the first statement? I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. And if God is not center, if God is not prioritized, you're going to end up acting a kind of way towards your neighbors, towards everybody else. Right? Your relationships suffer when God is not at the center. And you remove God altogether? You don't want to see that. In fact, we've seen that. Okay? Look at the, look at the political ideologies of socialism and communism. Do you guys know that that is, a, that is a godless, atheistic worldview? That's where it started. Karl Marx was an atheist, and he didn't believe in God, rejected God. There was no such thing as God, and God was something different. God is government, and we need government to rectify and bring justice and create a utopia, create heaven on earth, all right? And so that is a godless system, and it, it removes God. In all of these communist countries around the country, around the world, what do they do? They limit churches and, and suppress religious liberties, right? That's what they do. They remove God altogether because according to these guys, religion is the opiate of the masses. It's a drug. It's something that needs to be taken care of. It's not a coincidence that communist countries have killed more people over the last hundred years that some say have died in the past thousands. By the millions and millions and millions. Why? Because when the, when the Lord is not the Lord, we're going to murder each other. Your relationships suffer when God is not at the center. Now that works on the grand scheme, but that also works right here. When Christ is not prioritized in your life, okay, you don't have the source. How can you do the opposite? How can you keep from hating that way? By having the love of God in your heart. How do you counteract hatred towards your heart? The only antidote to hatred is the love of God. Not the love of humans, guys, because our love is usually emotionally based. Right? This is the game we like to play. We're like, no, listen, man. I was like, I love, I treat people well, this and that. I, yeah, yeah, okay. See, here's that the enemy likes to encourage us to have enough good relationships that we feel justified to hate somebody. Because I love most people. It's just a few. It's just some. It's just that one. It's just my boss. We, we justify that kind of hatred when we feel like, no, for the most part, I'm okay. I'm a good person. No, Jesus says not even that. So the connection between commandment one and commandment six is that your relationships suffer when God is not at the center. Guys, the right to life is connected to the statement, I am the Lord your God. The right, your right to life is connected to that. This is why we preserve and we look as believers in Christ. We view everybody as image bearers of God. Do you know what that means? It doesn't mean that everyone's a child of God. i got to clarify that. We are all not children of God. The only ones who are made children of God are those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. Who by that have been regenerated and now are made a part of the family of God. You guys don't listen to those and say, we're all God's children. No, we're not. We're not. But we all have the image of God. We all have God's image, meaning that God has deposited a form of dignity in you. It's divine dignity. It's him because he made you. You matter. Everybody has this intrinsic value. And because the Lord is the Lord, he does not want us. You know, he says that everyone has a right to live. Even if they're going to choose to live in sin, they have a right to live. Let them deal with the consequences if that's the case, but they have a right. 
to live that way. They have a right to exist. Why? Because I am the Lord. So how do we apply these two things? Commandment one, don't have any other gods before me. So uh, if God says don't do something, then what's the opposite? Don't have any other gods before me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what's the opposite of do not murder? Love your neighbor as yourself. You see that? You've heard that before, didn't you? Because that's what commandment one is. Tablet one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Tablet two, love your neighbor as yourself. It's all rooted in that. That's That's what God desires. And Jesus even doubled down. And he says, guys, those two are not independent things. The rabbis would teach that as independent things. This is one thing. This is another. It's separate. But remember, you got a vertical line and a horizontal line. They go together, don't they? And what do a horizontal and vertical lines make? They make a cross. These are connected. And Jesus doubled down on that when he says, a new commandment I give you. Love others as I have loved you. Jesus was the first one to combine those two things and not teach it as separate things but as connected. Jesus taught the tablets were connected. You can't love others if you don't have my love. You can't, your relationship with others will suffer if you don't have one with me. You can't love others if you are not being loved by me. Love others as I have loved you. You see that? Our relationships suffer when Christ is not at the center. And so what do we do? Guys, how do we apply that? I'm going to give you one last verse today because that's it. All right, what does it mean to love the Lord? Because that kind of looks weird, right? And we can kind of make our own opinions of what love is. How do you love God? How do you love others? Well, let me just give it to you this way. Here's how you do it, guys. God wants us to connect with Christ daily. And connect with Christians regularly. Both matter. That is the horizontal, the horizontal and the vertical all together. Okay. God wants you to connect with Christ on a daily. Some of you guys do it weekly. And God will take weekly if that's the case. But he's not like grandpa that you just visit every once in a while. And you just hang out for a couple hours and then you go home and do something else. All right. I know I, he's not that. He's not his eternal grandfather waiting for you to pick, you know, visit him every once in a while. No, guys, we are called to connect with Christ on a daily. And we do that through many spiritual disciplines like prayer and worship and silence and solitude and reflection, meditation. Remember, I mean, there's so many things that we can do. But we are called to draw near and drink from the water of salvation. How often, guys? Daily. Say it with me. Daily. All the time. Listen, this is what we have daily. If I told you right now. Here, guys, I'm going to give you a card. This card, I'm going to deposit $10,000. I'm going to deposit $10,000 on this card every single day. All right? And if you don't spend it at the end of today, all that's gone. Whatever you didn't spend is gone, and I'm just going to level it up to 10. Tell me you wouldn't be. You'd get up. All right, 1201, alarm set, right? The second that day hit, Amazon, bing, you had the card ready. All you had to do was click the button. If you had a card like that, and I told you this thing is going to reset every single day, and if you don't spend it, it's gone, you know you're going to use it. And God offers us so much more, and we leave him hanging. And he knows it. And yet he doesn't sit here like, he sits there anxious, say, today, now, this moment, and not just when you wake up and you, you, know, you, you throw your little breakfast prayer and then your good night prayer. And, no, daily. 
You don't just, you know, just toss them, you know, give them a bone, and that's it, and you move on the rest of the day. And like, all right, just checking in before I, you know, all right, good night. Daily. You know, guys, our relationship with God is, is, is sprinkled with a lot, of, a lot of interruptions. But we are called to connect with him daily. And notice the last one I said, and we connect with Christians regularly. That's it. And look, I'm, let me prove it to you. I, 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 I ain't lying. Look at Hebrews. Last verse. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 10. In the New Testament, the author is writing to this group of Christians who understand this Old Testament very well. And he's trying to get them to understand this is all God wants, guys. If you have this habit in your life, if you have a habit of connecting with Christ daily and connecting with Christians regularly, something happens. Things grow. Your life changes. Look at Hebrews. We're going to read this. Can we put it up? We're going to read chapter 19 through, um, not, verse 19 through 25. Therefore, the therefore is, he's talking about Jesus. He said, this is all Jesus has done for us. His great sacrifice. He died on the cross for us. He's saying why. Before the author goes in to do this, he is saying why you should do it. Before God talked about the Ten Commandments, before what you do, what did God say? Why you should bother. Well, Hebrews, the guy's been talking about why we should do the next thing. And here he says, therefore, brothers and sisters in the faith, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through the flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he being Jesus who promised is what? Faithful. And let us, and together, and let us watch out for who? One another. Let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to do what? Gather together as some are in the habit of doing. Yo, you know, you ain't the only one, all right? Look at that, even back in the day. You, some are happen, so some have the habit of doing. But encourage each other all the more as you see the day approaching. What did he just say? Connect with Christ. Draw near to the throne of God often. Connect with Christ daily. And connect with Christians regularly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Guys, you can't love somebody if you don't know somebody. And you can't know somebody if you're not even near somebody. You get that? You see that? And uh, I'm going to tell you, coming to church, look, I'm online, I'm going to pick on the uh, uh, in-house people here. Coming to church is good. You guys are gathered together. Online, you're gathering too. Just because you sit next to somebody or because we're all in the same room doesn't mean that we know each other neither. It requires us to ste step out of our rows and into circles, into moments, into connection points to truly get to know one another so that we can love one another. And that's it, guys. If we do this, I guarantee you, if you had this relationship practice to connect with Christ daily and connect with Christians regularly, that is how God becomes more and more the Lord of your life. Remember, I am the Lord, your God, it has to be personal, guys. You connect with him daily and connect with Christians regularly and watch how all your other relationships will improve as well. And here's the last image that I wanted to leave you with because this is what it looks like. In New, uh, I read an article in New, Zealand, in New Zealand and it said this. It said, the title said, a stump, that, a tree stump that should be dead 
but is alive. A tree stump that should be dead is alive. So someone came across in the forest and they found literally that, a tree stump, it was gone. And the roots and everything were outside. The root of the entire tree was not in the ground. But the tree stump wasn't dead. It should be dead, right? Because it's not connected to the ground. It's not connected to the soil. How is this tree stump? What kind of magic Harry Potter tree stump is this? Okay? That it is, it is alive. Full of air. Why? A tree stump should be dead, but it is alive. Do you know what this tree stump did? It grew its roots to grab on to the trees that were nearby that are connected to the ground. And it turns out that a tree connected with its roots to another tree, those trees that are connected to the ground are sharing the, the resources and the life that they're getting. They're sharing it to the dead tree. A tree stump that should be dead is alive. Now, guys, I want you to know that the enemy wants you to do the complete opposite of what I told you to do. Connect with Christ daily and connect with Christians regularly. The enemy knows you do that habit, it's game over for him. He knows that. And so what does he want to do? Divide and conquer. He wants you to keep you from connecting with Christ daily. You know, eh, let, him, let him do it regularly so at least he feels religious. I bother somebody. Okay, let him do it at least regularly. Let him get a little, 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 little immunization of, some, of Jesus, but not enough to really make a difference. Make him think he feels like he did. So divide, keep him from going and, oh, and cut all those relationships that he has inside the church. Oh, that person. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, they so judgmental and forget them and this and that. Because the enemy knows if he can cut you from that life sources, he just has to sit back and just, that's it. He doesn't have to do anything. The enemy doesn't have to do anything. If he keeps you from connecting with Christ daily and connecting with Christians regularly, you are on autopilot destruction. Autopilot. That's it. But then the opposite is the truth. And all we have to do is what that tree did. Man, guys, what, what does a tree do? All it did was reach out to another tree. It reached out to a tree that was alive. It reached out to a tree that had deeper roots that it could not go to. And this tree lived. That's what it looks like. To connect with Christ daily, guys, is just to grab on to him. And the life that is in Christ, he wants to share with you. He, the, it is no longer you who lives, but it is Christ who will live in you. That is all we're called to do is to hold on to the truth. To hold, Jesus said, if you abide in me, abide in my truth, remain, you're going to live. You're going to produce fruits if you just hold on to me, the source of life. And guys, as believers, it's the same thing. Some of you, if you feel like you're dry spiritually, go grab somebody. Hold on to somebody. Reach out to somebody who is not what you're feeling. And they will encourage you. They will motivate you. Why? Because they are tapped into a source that you don't have. You're feeling dry and dead. So reach out to another brother and sister. And they will. That's what we're called to do is to love one another. Share with one another. Encourage the life that God has given us. To receive the love of God and share it. Love the Lord your God. All right? Love others as God has loved you. Receive that love and share it. Guys, we do that. We do that, and more than your life changes, everything changes. And guys, look, I'll stand up here, I'll tell you, I am nothing but a dead, I'm, a, I'm nothing but a stump that should be dead. I am nothing and no one but a stump that should be dead. The only reason that I live 
is not because of me or, or, or my anything. The only reason why I am not dead is because I did one thing. I grabbed onto Jesus. That's it. And I've learned to try to grab on even more. Like sometimes like, oh, I'm the pastor. I shouldn't ask for somebody's help. I shouldn't say, can you pray for me? That looks weird, right? No, what am I thinking? Help me. I need help. I need you to pray for me, man. See, the enemy will get you to know it's okay. No, hold on to each other. Hold on to each other. That is what a church is meant to do. It's just one big, massive little chain, you know, arm chain around the world. I got it. It's so torny, but that's it. We connect with each other. And the life and the love of God flows like a current. It flows like an electrical current. That is what we're called to do is simply that. And all of us that are standing here, if we, we should be dead. But any of us that can claim that we are not is because we called on the name of Jesus and we are holding on to the cross. And that's it. Guys, it's, it's more complicated, but it is just as simple as that. It's just to hold on to God. And that's all we're called to do. If you feel like you're dead and dying or dry, I'm going to challenge you. Reach out to your God right now. It's because you got a black hole in your soul, and the only thing that can fill that hole in your soul is a holy God. That's it. Reach out to him. Reach out to him. And Jesus said, all who call on me and reach out to me will have life. Life and life in abundance. And that's something that we don't just do one time, guys. It is continual with him vertically and with each other horizontally. And the enemy's going to do everything. And let me tell you, y'all don't know. I, I, I get all the tea because I see it on the back end, all right, as the, as the pastor. I see it all on the back end. Man, the division and the cutting and the opinions and the confusion that he's trying to bring here. The more we try to fix one thing, two other things pop up. Bro, I'm telling you. But he can do all he wants because he's going to lose anyways. He's going to lose anyways because what God is, I believe it and declare it and I'm fighting for it. What God wants to do in the lives of all of our family inside the church, I'm going to fight to see it happen. I'm going to hold on to him. I'm going to hold on to you. If you're kicking and screaming, like, bro, leave me alone. No. Okay, I'm going to hold on to you. No. I'm going to hold on to you. That's all we're called to do. All you are called to do and every believer here, reach out in faith. Reach out in faith to God. And you're going to experience, you're going to experience the love of a faithful God when you do that. Because the only reason why we have this, guys, it is because the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus makes this life-giving relationship, this life-giving connection possible. So if you had that card, would you swipe it? Yeah, you would. When God offers you a cross that's more than just cash, it's life. Will you grab it today? That's all I want you to do. So I want to pray, and we're going to end singing a song, and then we're going to let this song be our prayer this morning. But let's all pray. I want you to just reflect right now. Think about what God has shown and revealing to you right now. There's two things he told us to do today. Do not have any other gods before me, and do not murder. Do not even have hate in your heart. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord, that you are right now, you're speaking, and you are drawing all of us near. And God, I know the, the light of your love is shining now and it's revealing things inside of people online here in person. It's revealing things. And Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, show us any other gods that we have besides you. Maybe our God is, is a person. And by the way, if you don't know what that is, I want you to reflect. A God is anything that you look to for your source of happiness and joy and salvation. 
Your, job, your, your God can be a person. It could be a thing. It can be a dream. It could be a job. It could be money. It could be a lot of things. L- listen and lean in right now because I believe God wants to show you. Look, look, you see that? That's next to me. That, that's why. I'm not, I'm not just the Lord your God only. See, no. If you're seeing anything right now, I want you just to repent of that, recognize and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I, I care more about this than that. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Lord, that, that I have not and do not prioritize you perfectly yet. I'm growing. I get it. Lord, anything he's showing you, repent of that. Give it to him right now. Let him forgive you. Let him remove that. And if not, also the hate. If you know right now, the second I said, don't hate somebody, I know that person's probably, you've probably been distracted paying attention to me the rest of this time ever since I said it. Because that's all you're thinking about is that person that you can't stand. That hurts God's heart. You can counter that love, that you counter that hate with the love of God. You got to put Christ in the middle. Put him at the center of your life. Put him on the throne of your heart. Invite him to say, Lord, forgive me for the, maybe I, maybe you have hatred towards a parent. Maybe you have hatred towards someone, a person, someone at school, a a teacher, somebody that long ago did something to you. And they're not even in your life, but their legacy still haunts you. And you hate them for that. Guys, you can have freedom and salvation in Jesus right now. Just call on the name of Jesus. And he, the life in him, he will help you to forgive that person. He desires to set you free from that very thing. So now when that person comes to mind, there is no longer hate. There is no longer bitterness. No, we curse that root of bitterness in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray as we spend these next few minutes, God, that, Lord, that we may make adjustments right now. Shift things in the spirit, Lord. Shift things in our hearts. That this may be not just anything but a true prayer, a desire, God, that you may answer. In Jesus' name.